Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Wow, that was dark. So how do you love your enemies? Eh, not so well. Um, you know, I thinking about your enemies, learning how to love your enemies, I was reminded of a story of a dear saint. She was on up in years, and she had a reputation throughout her community, especially in the church, of being someone who followed the line that says, you know, uh, never say a bad word about anybody. And her friends got so tired of it because they could never gossip with her. And so one of her friends said, well, you know what? I bet you even have something good to say about the devil. And she thought for a moment, and she said, well, he is persistent, you know. (laughs) Kind of a medium response. Okay, it was an old joke. Do we believe in the power of love? Do we really have this idea that we can really love our enemies? And, And some of us would say, I don't really hate my enemies. I just, you know, I just don't love them that much. Listen, loving our enemies is critical to the mission that God has called us to. That's, there's no way around it. It's critical. It's critical to him because he stood in defiance against evil and hatred. The two go hand in hand, but he combats it with love and he commands us to do also as well. And I, I, I just have to let you in on this just a little bit here. That Growing up, I had a severe temper. My dad died when I was eight, and it put a chip on my shoulder, huge. And I just walked around waiting for some idiot to knock it off. And I learned the principle that if you're looking for a fight, you will find one. And I did. And I fought and fought, and I came home with tears and dirt, blood on me a lot. And my mom said, you know, every time you give in to somebody and you fight them, You give control of your life over to them. You're going to learn someday. And so I never learned. But what happened is I'm not as angry as I was when I was young. You know why? It's not because I've really grown much. It's just I'm, you know, my anger has kind of gotten tired over the years. (laughs) It's just, it's like, ah, forget it. Who cares? I don't want to bother with that. But it's something that I've had to deal with. And, and so even in adulthood, my first response is to get mad or fight. That's just in no sense of flight, just fight. And so I'll let you into a little bit of what a pastor goes through during the week, you know. I mean, typically we go through two or three bags of potato chips. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I was talking about uh, the, the whole process of, of looking at a passage and coming up with, with what it says, and you, you study it, and you read, and you read, and you read, and then all of a sudden, it, it appears, and you're convicted. And I, as, as I looked at the passage we're going to go through today, I, I thought, I don't do that. I don't intentionally love my enemies. I don't intentionally do good to my enemies, because it never really seemed to be that big of a deal. But as I read this passage, I'm so excited because what we see is God's plan 
and God's way of dealing with hatred and evil in this world. And it's different and it's counterintuitive to what we normally, way that we respond as human beings on this earth and in this country. Okay? The picture that, that sort of sums it all up and puts it together is the picture of a beaten, bruised, abused, tormented, scourged Jesus hanging on a cross with the men who have beaten him and have tortured him and have made fun of him and mocked him. And he says something that is earth-shattering. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, what we're going to learn in the passage today is three steps. Three steps to change your world and to change your life and to change the world around you. If you want to make changes, Jesus gives us the way to do it. But here's the thing. If you don't follow these steps or you don't want to, let me just tell you, maybe because the world has already changed you. Maybe the world's already changed you. Right now, all of us can say we are living in very unique times. Now, history will tell us they're not that unique, that the world has been through this before, but this is such a global level. And the level of division in our country is, is something we all feel, right? Anybody here living in a box or a bubble or hidden away? Tell me where I can find one, please. But it feels like things are going to burst open. And Jesus combats this and shows us the way that he wants us to do it. And that's why, as we look at this passage today, I'm so excited. But at the same time, this week has been terrible for me. Because it, to, to go through your whole life and not fully embrace this plan of Jesus, it kind of it makes me sad that I somehow, how did I miss out? I've taught this passage. I've been through it. I should know it. And I hope for you today, this is what I hope, is I hope you get excited. And then, I mean, you're going to be convicted, I can tell you. If I get convicted during the week, you're going to get it on Sunday. Okay? It's just the way it works. That's how it goes. Um, but... I hope you get excited beyond the conviction to the thought of maybe having a way to deal with the world. Because right now, with everything that's going on, it's so hard to feel like, what can I do? You guys feel that way? What can I do? How can I help? What's going on? Can I change anything? It just seems like it's heading down this railway to this destination that nobody wants to go to. There is something we can do, and Jesus tells us here. Number one, he says, stop being an enemy. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, he said, You've heard it said, okay, common saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, okay? Now, that was a saying that you would think, boy, that's kind of rough. You get an eye poked out, you get to poke that person's eye out, knock a tooth out, you get your tooth knocked out. But actually what it was, it was, it was, it was a fair way to stop, okay, retaliation. 
for making it worse. Somebody gets an eye poked out, and the person wants to murder them. And so they set up laws. Hey, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It stops here, okay? It doesn't go any further. And that seemed reasonable to most people. And so you would have to think before you poke somebody's eye out, because you're going to get yours poked out too. Now, he says, but, contrasting conjunction here. He says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. When he's talking about an evil person, he's saying that someone who is bent on evil, destructive, and, and desiring harm of you. He said, don't resist them. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Whoa. What's he talking about there? Is that just Jesus being meek and mild? No, it's not. It's actually a position of strength. Now, Imagine, when I read through this, my first thought was, boy, you're a terrible dad. My oldest son was in grade school, had a buddy who started hanging out with other friends, and they talked him into not liking my son, and they started taunting my son with names, and my son didn't like those names. And so in my typical, very pastoral Christian way, I said, well, I'll tell you what to do, son. If he says that name, calls you that name again, just square off, look him right in the nose, and punch it as hard as you can. In the name of Jesus. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> that way he can be healed afterward. And you're like, yeah, that's how much I really studied this passage, you know, in childbearing. Uh, he's since grown up to be a nonviolent, good young man, but the next day, uh, I get a call from the principal's office and said, would you come down here? Your son's been in an incident. And I was like, oh, wonder what happened. And uh, she, she said, he hit him right in the nose. And uh, I was like, yeah, and what's your point? And she said, he said that you told him to do so. <laughs> Kids are liars. What do you know? I mean, you trust a kid, really? Come on. See what they do to a cookie jar? No, I'm not in the cookie jar. So uh, I had to, but anyway, I'm just, the only reason I told that was just to embarrass myself publicly by saying <laughs> I wasn't applying this principle at all here. See, what would happen if someone takes a backhand and crosses your face, especially in those days? I mean, you might get it from somebody <laughs> because you're smarting off. I'm not saying it's a good deal, but back then, you might give somebody a backhand if you, if you were felt that they were less than you, okay? This was a person not deserving of respect, and so you could give them a disrespectful slap to the face. You could do that to people that are not as high esteem as you, maybe a slave, maybe a kid, maybe a woman. But it was also a deep insult to the person because it, it involved humiliation. It wasn't just a punch in the face. It was a slap of humiliation. And notice what Jesus says here. If they, someone comes along and slaps you on the cheek and makes you feel like a little worse, worthless, less than human, stand up and be more human. And say, if that's the way that you believe I should be treated, here is the other cheek also. It goes from being a place of submission to a place of standing up and being a human and, 
and saying, go ahead and do it and look at your actions. It makes a person think about their own actions. And see, this is Jesus's way to deal with this world that is bent on putting people down, subjugating people, punching them out, shooting them, whatever, starting a war, stealing their stuff. And, it, and, and, and part of that, the evil that comes upon humanity, starts out with hatred. It starts out with hate. Hatred causes you to do so many things because it blinds you from the truth of what's really going on. And so if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, back then you just had a shirt and then you had the cloak that you had over you. Most people didn't have a closet full of clothes. They just had a few things. And so if someone was so ridiculous that they would take you to court to take your shirt, he says, you know what, if that dignifies you, if you think it's being dignifying to me to take my clothes, okay, good, take all of them. You can have them all. You see, it, it, it's his kingdom says, if you think that that's right, do your worst. Because I don't live by those standards. And I am not going to retaliate. And I am not going to further the wickedness and the evil that you're doing. What I will try to do is show you what it really looks like and what it is you're really doing. Okay? And if anyone who wants to see you take a shirt, give them your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go a mile, then go two miles. This was a law, a Roman law, that said uh, Roman soldiers could make you carry their pack for a mile. Hey, buddy, get over here. Carry this pack. Here, here's a slap for you. Pow. Now, get, on, get going. But they could only do it for a mile. He said, if someone compels you to do that, well, say, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to take it another mile. Why? Because I can. Because I am a person, and I have value before God, and what you're doing is not right, and so I'll just keep going. There, there's, there, it's so Jesus, and it's so brilliant, Okay. And he said, to the one who asks you, ask of you, <clears throat> don't turn him away. And it, 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 don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. It's, it's the same thing. He says, we are not going to live by the standards that this world creates. The standard that this world creates says somebody does something to you, punch them in the nose. You need to show them strength. Jesus says, let them punch you in the nose and say, do you want to do it again? You think that's fair. See, God is watching, and his way of doing things is not the way that we do it here on earth. And what he is doing is setting up a kingdom, okay, that is different than both. We've talked about the kingdom a lot. But, but here's something that we have to do. He's showing these people who want to follow God how not to be an enemy of someone else. Hit me in the face. I'm not going to hit you back. I'm not your enemy. Sue me. I'm not going to sue you back. I'm not your enemy. Ask me to work for you and, and humiliate me. Go ahead. I'm not your enemy. I am not going to retaliate against you because I am not your enemy. And so I'm about to say a few things here that I hope, uh, they might be controversial. But... So is the Bible. And, you know, here we go. It's one thing for people to look at Christ followers, church, and hate 
people in the church because they hate Jesus. Okay, Jesus said, if they hated me, they hated you. If they persecuted me, they, they're going to persecute you. They're gonna, if they kill me, they're going to kill you. Servant's not greater than his master. So get prepared for it. That's where it's all going. And I'm not going to resist them. I'm going to let them do their worst. And I'm going to win by love in doing so. It's, 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 so it's okay to have people who hate you because of Jesus. It's okay for people to hate you for various things. But we have to stop and realize for a moment that we are not enemies of anybody. We're not enemies of anyone. We're not. That we're not called to be anyway, but we can be perceived as such. Give me a few examples. We like to make big deals out of things that you shouldn't be doing, don't we? We don't, however, talk about all the stuff that you should be doing, but we're more known for the stuff that you're not supposed to do. Can anybody say amen to that? Okay, good. Uh, we make a big deal about gay, someone being gay, right? At least what's seen in public. We don't agree with that, and so I don't stand for it. Uh, I don't believe in tran transgenderism, so therefore I'm seen as someone who opposes it. And, and uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. And, 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 and people will look at us and say, you, what are these people doing? You're against me. Why I don't like the church, why I, I would <laughs> like to get rid of them or shut them up is because these people are my enemy. We have not communicated correctly if people believe that we are their enemy, Okay. We haven't. Think about abortion. We stand up against abortion because of the innocent. We believe that it's, it's wrong for the child, to, life to be taking, and, it, and it's somehow for the mom, it's sad for her to, that she has to go, be conflicted and do something like this. So we're, we're not into it. But, but we don't hate people, but they think we do because you have protesters out in front of a place. Yeah, and there was a time in my youth when they would shoot people and assault people who were going into abortion clinics, what are they going to think? We're enemies. I'm your enemy. I want to shut you down. I want to censor you. And so one of the first things that we have to do is stop being enemies of people and realize that God hasn't called us to be an enemy of anyone. Not at all. If you think I'm speaking politically, it's because your mind's all messed up right now with politics. Everybody's just like the pollen season right now. The pollen count is high, and so is the politic count is really high. Everybody's getting brain trashed by it. I am not promoting one side or the other. In honesty, I, I want to promote God's kingdom. Because I think it, it has great merit. If people hate you, make sure that they hate you for the right reasons. And we have to work in our hearts never to be anybody's enemy. You see, what happens is, is that if we do everything by retaliation, the evil continues, the violence continues, the hatred continues on and on and on and on. What do you do? You fight your enemies. That's what you do. And so you try to destroy them. We have to take down the banner that says we are anybody's enemies. Now, 
Do we disagree with somebody? Absolutely. But you, you do it so that there's honor. Because until we, until we begin to realize that everybody in this world is made in God's image and that they are to be loved, we're, never, we're going to only see their actions. We'll judge them by their actions. We'll judge them by what they do and what they think. And Jesus looks at, down at his executioners. If we judge them by what they were doing, they were mocking and scorning the, the Lord of heaven. They were killing and torturing the Lord of heaven. It is the most heinous crime human beings have ever done. And what does he say? Lord, they're stupid. I mean, he didn't say that, but I'm, I'm thinking that they, they don't know how destructive and how terrible what they are doing. You see, that's what love does. Love versus hate. This is how we love our enemies. That's, that's the big point here, is that we don't follow that system. We follow his system. And if, if you and I take this to heart, it will transform the way that we look at the days ahead that are coming in this world. Okay? It could be sunny and rosy, but uh, not many people are betting on it. Seems like things are intensifying. This period of history, when this was written, they were occupied. They were subservient to another nation. You and I have enjoyed the freedoms of being able to worship publicly, stand up and tell bad jokes on Sunday morning. What an honor. They, that was not an issue here. And he said, you're going to be persecuted for that. And the type of Christianity, if our Christianity is just, how do you become successful? How do you get this? And how do you do that? How do you get along with the person at the grocery store? All of that stuff seems pretty powder cake and weak in comparison to, well, we got Roman soldiers crucifying people in public. Um, we have religious leaders who are, who are also... In collusion, we have insurrections that are rising up all around us. We have the poor who are dying and starving. You see, none of that fits any of God's picture. And he doesn't say, well, let's just try to make it better, you know. Try to make it better. He says, I, I want to offer you something. You've got the Romans. You've got your religious uh, system over here. You've got all of this culture. And look how it treats the world. Look how it treats the poor. I want to offer you something different. I'm not going to reform those. I'm going to offer my kingdom. And these are the way, this is the way that I want my people to behave. Now, it's not just behavioral issues. It is a heart issue of actually learning how to love our enemies. That's step two. First, stop being an enemy. Second, Love your enemies. Look at verse 43. You've also heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, that makes sense. Love your neighbor as your friend, your enemy that's trying to do harm to you, and hate them and, and hate them back. You've heard that common saying. Makes sense. Great. But I tell you. Hmm? There's a difference. You've heard it said, 
you know, this is the way we do things around here. You know, this is how we operate. But, he says, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of their Father in heaven. What does that mean? How do I love my enemies? Well, you look at them like human beings, and you treat them with respect, and you look at them in the sense of somehow evil has got a hard... Uh, got a hold of you, got a hold of your heart, maybe through hatred, and you've bought into a lie, and what you're doing right now is totally destructive to you and to everybody else. It doesn't mean that you can't speak the truth. So, well, God told us to speak the truth, right? That's true. But he said, speak the truth in love. Love is the perspective that says, hey, wonder what's got into that person. Wonder why they're responding that way. I should probably pray for them because that's really destructive. You're not even judging a person when you're saying that. You're making an assessment that allows you to love them and continue to treat them as a human being. That's what Jesus did. We mentioned Paul the Apostle last week. We mentioned him a lot. But I love Jesus' plan. Who's the guy that killed Stephen? Remember? Paul had Stephen stoned to death. Jesus, I can just see him. He goes looking for him. Hey, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? Oh, murderer, I'm going to make you work for me for the rest of your life. Why? He's a murderer. He doesn't deserve that. That's God's work. To take somebody who was filled with hatred to the point to want to kill somebody um, who believes different than them and make him work for them. You see, God likes to turn it around and redeem and around. And so he could see what Paul could become. He could see that potential. He loved him and he spoke the truth to him in love. And Paul turned around and, and we know his, his impact on the whole world. And many of you have those stories as well. You were out of it, blowing it, messing up, and God still loved you, and God still redeemed you, and that's the principle of God's kingdom and God's family. He said, if you pray, for, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute, you're going to be the children of your Father in heaven. This is what God wants you to be. Not continuing the fighting, the backbiting, the ridiculous garbage that goes on all the time. Just keeping it going. Just keeping it going. Oh, how was your day? Oh, really good. It was a perfect day, sunshine. I just was out in the wilderness. Oh, wow. I better get back to the TV and turn it on because I haven't had stress. I need that feed off of that weird vibe. Oh, I just hate that person. Oh, I can't stand that person. It's not our job. Hatred and evil have its power, but love is stronger. Hatred and evil have destructive power, but love is stronger. And God says his kingdom and his children will be those of love. Now, I want, to know, want you to know something here. He says... He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You see, what he's letting them know is, is that 
it doesn't only rain in your fields. In, a, in, a, in an agrarian society, if it doesn't rain, you don't eat. They're not trucking it in from anywhere. You're, you're done. So rain was really important. And he said, it rains on those who are doing evil, and it rains on those who are doing right. God loves them both. God loves them both. Because they're rejecting God doesn't mean that they're to be hated. They're to be understood and loved and respected as a human being so that maybe perhaps they will turn around and turn to God. And that's what makes God happy. Joyful rejoicing in heaven over one person who gets it right and stops the madness. That's how strong love is. I think about this. You know, we're called to pray for our enemies. Do I pray for my enemies? Lord, strike them dead right now. Just make them. I pray that you just give them a bald head and they would know what that's feeling. No. We're not called for prayers of imprecation. But we're called to pray for them. That they would wake up that they would see what's going on, that they would hear God's words in their life and make a change. Because we know the changes that God makes in us. And so we can love people who are doing crazy things because we know of how God loves us by his ways. See, isn't that better? Isn't that better than like, oh, we gotta get pumped up, we gotta fight. You know, we're going to lose everything. We're going to lose liberties and stuff. Everybody in this book lost all their liberties. They didn't have what you have. It was already gone. The leader, our leader, they crucified on a cross and beat him like garbage. What do you think's coming for you? Pastor, this is not very encouraging. I know. I I don't know why I chose this passage. (laughs) But it feels right, doesn't it? it, There's something that's ringing true about what he's saying here. Love our enemies. Pray for them. Understand them. And even more, it says, we're to do good to those who spitefully use you. You want to change your world? Start doing good to people who hate you. What? That doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. It makes sense to Jesus. The part and parcel to his whole kingdom gospel. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Why? Because what you're saying is, <clears throat> we're not afraid of that evil. We're not afraid of dying. We're not afraid of whatever you can bring along, but we want you to know that actually we care about you. And so actions speak louder than words, so we're taking actions to just to to show that we do care and that we're not your enemy. You want you imagine how things would change? The 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 process which we go by, which which Christians, the the uh, reputation that we have now, have you seen what they're calling us? We're freaks. We're out there, you know, every 
Christians got a gun and a Bible and God and, you know, and, and everybody's just gun happy and we hate everybody. That's, folks, that's the reality of what you're living with right now. And you can recoil and back away or you can <laughs> lift up your guns after church and your Bibles and shoot them off and say hallelujah. I, now, you can't do that on our property. But that's what's being said. Okay, I'm not saying it's true. Most of the believers I know don't even resemble that. How do we get strapped with that on our backs? How do we get that? Most of the people I know who are believers don't sit around and like, okay, let's secretly be a racist. Are you ready to say the homophobes pledge of allegiance? We're going to hate other people. We don't sit around and do that. But if we actively prayed and asked God for wisdom and asked ourselves, how can we do good to those who think we're their enemy? Things will change in your world. Things will change in your world. Not something fake, but something real. Things will change in your world. That's, that's the kind of love in action that changed everything. While, while our countries and people in the world are trying to divide it, we don't need to be a part of those who divide it. If you're not a Christ follower, I suggest you do the same thing too. If you don't want to follow Jesus, I'll tell you what, you might as well listen to what he says. And in doing so, love your enemies. Stop hating your enemies. In fact, I would tell anybody, if you hate Christians, stop hating Christians. They don't hate you. But sometimes you wouldn't know by some of the real clips and so forth that come through. And we've kind of done a bad job with that. And our history is not that great. But that can change when we decide to do what he says. And to love people that don't even like us. Because he goes on to say, he says, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the IRS agents doing that? I mean, wait, not, are not the tax collectors doing that? I had a newer translation, so. <laughs> and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? We just stay in our group. We like our people. He said, if you just greet those people, what are you doing? You know, weirdly, this, I try to, to greet people and say hi to people that you would normally just sort of ignore each other, like in the grocery store or in town or something. So I, I, I get tired of ignore, everybody ignoring each other. So I'll make outrageous comments or say something stupid and eventually get someone to laugh and make some kind of connection because I, I feel that that's really important to communicate that. My friends... It doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little. Love your enemies. Pray for them. Do good to them. Love them. That means understand them. Respect them. Do good to pray for them. And do good to them. That's Jesus' plan with love. Or you can fight them. But Jesus isn't going to help you. 
He, he told me that. No, <laughs> uh, and to say he's, don't expect God to endorse your big agenda. You know, nobody voted you God lately, so I would listen to him. Sorry, that was kind of mean. But nobody did. We have to listen to him. We have to follow him, even though it's going to be messy. Third step, stop being an enemy, love your enemies. Third step, be mature like your Father in heaven is mature. Finishes up chapter 5 with verse 48. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, when we think of the word perfect, it's sort of like, um, that's someone other than me. I'm not perfect. I don't know how to be perfect. You can say that, oh, well, you, you know, you get a score, figure skating, a perfect score, a perfect score. But from you and me, the idea of a thought of being perfect is pretty tough and daunting, right? When I hear that, it just makes me want to give up. It comes from a Greek word, teleos, and it means the completion of a thing that it was intended to do, okay? Like, if, it, like if, if you start up a car and it, it, it runs, you go, hey, perfect, good. It's what it's supposed to do. And it also means the following along with and fulfilling that purpose and maturity. Sort of like you have a little kid, a little kid starts out, and we've got a little grand, grandbaby right now, and oh, everything that he does is so cute and so adorable, and, but if he stayed that way for 20 years, it would be like, is this kid ever going to do anything? What's going on here? Because it, we understand that it, it should grow into mature, but... <clears throat> We have a cat at home. We, we have two dogs, and this last year, we got a, because of COVID, with one of the COVID crazy things, we got a cat. And I'll just have to say it, cats are superior to dogs in every way. Cats have the worst attitude of any animal. Uh, they're completely amoral. Dogs are very moral and loyal. But cats can jump up and crawl around and knock things off of the fridge and get into the tree and go into the neighbor's yard and they can fight. I mean, my cat and my, my uh, little chihuahua spar all the time. And that cat, I mean, she takes the floor position in jujitsu and she's just like, fuh, 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 fuh. amazing. And, and you see big cats in the wild and how they hunt things down and you're just terrified of them. And you watch this little cat and you go, man, you're perfect. Because you're doing just what your intended creation, what you were meant to do. That's the picture here. He says, let me read it to you in the message translation. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. <laughs> Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. What is he saying? Mature. Grow up. Be like God. Stop being babies and fighting with each other. 
That's not what you're intended to do. You're intended to love, to see the good in people, to do good to others, to receive their evil and show them that's not dignified. That's not dignified to persecute or hurt anybody that way. And it's not dignified for me to, for me to respond to that in kind brings my dignity down. It brings the dignity of all human race down. We are kingdom subjects. And and if we're going to live in this ever-changing, very quickly changing world, we better figure out what kingdom we're going to serve. Do you think there will be a Democratic Party in heaven? Do you think the Republicans will have, you know, neighborhoods in heaven? Do you think black people will live in one part of heaven? Do you think bald people will live in another part? Do you think women will live in another part? Well, yeah. It'll be heaven. If they had to live with men, it wouldn't be heaven. For men, it would be hell. But um, do you think all of the stuff that matters right now and, and divides us matters to Jesus? It matters that he loves people. I know that. I know his love is greater. His love extends to anyone who will call on his name. That's his story. He wants to redeem things that are lost. He's good at it. He's real good at it. And he wants us to follow suit and to make important the things that he says are important. And he says, love is at the center of my kingdom. So choose you this day whom you will serve. (laughs) A destructive world that It's hurting itself, each other. Or would you be healing and resist the hatred and win with love? That means you don't have to judge anybody. That means you don't have to... What it means is is that you can love, see their potential, pray, do good. And if they create a law against that, then, then okay... It's not a real law. Anybody want to see the world change for good? One person. One person. We have one person here. Thank you. Anybody else? Let's just see. Four or five of you. Six, seven. Okay. Yeah. I didn't raise my hand. I just was just saying. I'm looking around. We want it to change. Of course we do. But it's not about controlling others. It's about loving others. It's not about your agenda. It's about caring. There's an old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You may know the Bible really well, but people don't care until they know that you care for them as human beings, period. All right. That's what Jesus said. I suspect that each one of you will have changed by next Sunday. We've set monitors uh, in your Bibles 
we know exactly how many times that you read them. And um, no, I'm joking. It's an honor. It's an honor to be uh, with Jesus' people. It's an honor to be with folks who are curious. And mostly it's an honor to be with the Lord. He is the one who shows us grace. And the grace that he's shown us should be shown to everybody else too. Father, thank you for this word. What a powerful message. What a powerful life. You're so inspiring. You're so inspiring, Lord. I pray that you help us, give us strength, Lord, to live, to live it out. It looks almost impossible. But with you, you, with you Lord, it's a, you say that all things are possible. If you're sitting there today and you think, well, you know, Jesus wouldn't forgive me. I think you're wrong. I know the Lord will forgive you. I know the Lord will restore you. And all you have to do is just call on his name. He really does care. And he really does love people. I know he loves you. Call on him today and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you please stand with me and we'll sing. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.